Hi, I'm Harriet. I'm this year's um, co-chair for the Mental Health Committee. And today we're going to be discussing what social media means to teenagers and the parental perception of it. Um, I'm here with... Hi, I'm Maddie, a sixth form student and an inclusion ambassador. And I'm particularly interested in the mental health side of our inclusion aims here at the college. Hello, I'm Emma Haining. I'm um, the HM of the Anglesey and I've currently um, just completed a Master's in School Leadership and Mental Health and Wellbeing. Hello, I am Jess Goves and up until the summer term, I've been Assistant Deputy Head Safeguarding and Head of Online Safety here at Wellington College. Um, and I'm now being seconded down to Eagle House to be the Deputy Head Safeguarding there. Okay, so um, firstly, we're going to start with me and Maddie just quickly like kind of describing what we feel about social media um so i'll go first and i would just say um it's i use it as a form of contact more than anything else Be, like I, we live at a boarding school so being able to contact my family my friends out that i don't obviously see every day i think is extremely beneficial to me because like i go and i miss them because i don't see them every day so i think that's a really nice aspect of social media although there aren't always completely nice aspects of it no yeah I certainly agree and I would say more so when I'm at home though I would use it to contact my friends especially in holidays mm. and like in the recent half term after a vision just catching up with friends but likewise at school to just contact parents so I so I see myself um using it for like benefits yeah not exactly in a harmful way or anything mm -hmm. another thing I have been thinking about is uh, the confidence behind it a lot of people use it um not only as like inspiration for like certain aspects of their life like art or like just uh, I get a lot of my news from social media not that it's always particularly <laughs> re reliable but um yeah I think people use it a lot for the confidence of it that you're not face to face which I think helps people but also definitely hinders in certain ways and exactly about confidence, like people normally say, oh, social media is bad because it presents an unrealistic image. But also if you're doing it your, for yourself, you can kind of like empower yourself through social media. And like even things like you said, like art accounts, people want to show mm -hmm. like their talent and like artistic skills. So it's a way of, um, yeah, putting more like confidence in yourself, I definitely say. Definitely a really nice also. opportunity to kind of like show off in a way if you if you don't have a way to do that. I think our account is a really good example of that, to be honest. But what... I'm really, I'm really interested, Harriet, in mm -hmm. what platforms both of you are actually using mm -hmm. to communicate oh, okay. with friends and mm -hmm. par parents and family. I use WhatsApp a lot. Yeah. So I use WhatsApp to contact my entire family because, like, it works everywhere. Wi-Fi, not Wi-Fi. I use Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok. I don't think I'm Pinterest, but I don't know if that really counts as social media anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty much the same. Yeah. I say WhatsApp more. That's where my family group chat yeah. is, mm. and my family will refuse. My parents refuse to get Snapchat and stuff, which is <laughs> probably a good thing. But um, <laughs> and then my friends is predominantly Snapchat yeah, because it's ease and accessibility. Yeah, and it's like so easy to send a quick exactly. snap. And I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because when we were growing up, yeah, um, <laughs> no, we that. we didn't have that. I mean, no, our phones mm. were Nokia with yeah. snake on it, and yeah, you know that game. that was it. You know, and we didn't yeah. have the ability to speak to our family and friends in that same way. Yes, there were still text messages, mm. but they just worked in a different way, and we had to pay for them. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like you had a limited mm. yeah. number. Now it's absolutely endless, isn't it? Mm. As to 
kind of how many messages you send, mm. the fact you can attach images now. And that, mm. I mean, that was a huge revolution when you could start sending yeah. a photograph. Yeah. And I think that's the difference, isn't it? When we're talking about parental perception, mm. just when parents were growing up, when we were growing up, we just didn't have what you have. Well, ever so quickly, yeah. as adults now, what do you use social media for? I definitely have mm. WhatsApp. We have a family WhatsApp. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am on Instagram, but to be honest, I don't really use, I use it more to, because I grew up abroad, a lot of my friends are overseas. Yeah. So it's a way of me connecting with them, Mm -hmm. um, and being able to see what their families are and all that sort of thing. Um, Mm. but yeah, I don't really have a presence. I think that also comes with being a teacher as well. Um, so I think we have to be really careful, Mm. um, as to what our sort of social media presence. And again, I've probably, I've still got Facebook, but again not active but yeah. it's there yeah um i'm similar facebook um but again you know i lived over in australia for three years and during that time you know just keeping up to date with friends and family mm-hmm. and what they're up to um it's quite interesting actually because the friends that i'm friends with are you know we're all very much doing the same thing family holidays with children and it's just all very it seems pretty tame stuff to be honest <laughs> um and whatsapp for just family group chats as well um i'm on instagram as well i have it you know with my art background i have a real interest in sort of looking at imagery and visualizations and things so i like i do like looking through instagram so i can see the appeal for that Mm. um i'm interested to know actually because you mentioned tiktok as well and in you know in my experience tiktok Mm. is videos of dancers and I'm so yeah t- talk about TikTok like why is that you know quite a prominent platform for you to use what is it about it I do? think it, it's definitely I find it interesting because I have a very short attention span so I can oh, you so can addictive. you can <laughs> scroll through it quicker than anything if you get bored of a video they're maximum like a minute long anyway so you can just scroll on I watch comedy a lot there's loads of news on there I've actually found myself like learning loads of stuff that like I wouldn't have learned if I wasn't open to like that kind of social media but like it definitely has shortened a large percent of children's like attention span Mm. because it is so easy and quick and addictive to move it on Mm. but yeah but there was a fact where it was like you can't remember the three previous videos you've just watched you just they're out your brain because Mm. you just scroll Mm. quickly I think it's really interesting that you picked up on that because in some of the training that I've done in my online safety role, certainly there has been a whole load of research about cognitive overload, like Mm. just the amount of information that you are taking on from all those platforms, Mm. particularly something like TikTok, as you said, you're literally just scrolling, scrolling. And I found myself, I've kind of gone onto it just so I can see what it is. Mm. And yeah, you find yourself really kind of going through and just becoming quite addictive and also once you start looking at certain things the same things start it adapts to coming yeah. on so it's algorithms. personalized yeah. and like they know that you're going to find it interesting so you do watch it more mm. which i guess is smart on their hot part but it is obviously it's a time i'm not going to say waster because i i like i do enjoy it yeah but it is definitely a time swallower like you lose a lot of time going on it but to move on from tiktok as adults, so not as parents just yet, do you find social media hindering to you in, a, in any way? That's an interesting question. Um, it's, it's, for me, I think I feel quite comfortable that I can self-regulate. 
Mm-hmm. And I suppose the research that I've done into this is that it takes, you know, a child till about 15, 16 years old to actually feel comfortable in being able to self-regulate. Mm. Um, if you're not able to self-regulate, then I can see it being a hindrance to you because it's then taking over and you're not able to stop watching it. And um, and I think that that could be quite tricky whereas with me I am able to go actually no I don't want to look at it anymore or I just decide right I'm just going to have a few days I'm not looking on any social media just for my own you know I suppose breathing space and because there's a lot to be said about having time where you're not looking at anything you're not being stimulated and you're in your own mind and that's when you're the most creative Mm. Um, if we're constantly looking at stimulus, then we are losing our creativity. And it's important just to be aware of that. And, you know, I think of those long car, car journeys when I was younger, when I had nothing to look at other than looking out the window. And that's when you are most creative. You know, they say the research says that, you know, when you're most bored is when you're most creative. And that that's a concern for me, I suppose, with young people that they are being overstimulated. Definitely does take away imagination because you you have the ability to see new things constantly. So there's no reason to make it up yourself. That's mm. yeah, that makes sense. Do you have- um yeah, I suppose for me I always I do always have my professional hat on. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh, for me it is about time and mm-hmm. you know when you're working you've got your working day and then you go home and you kind of want to talk to your partner, husband and actually if I just go and I start looking at something like TikTok or, you know, it'll end up, you look at your watch and suddenly an hour's passed. And you just think, actually, could my time have been spent better? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's that for me, I think like mm-hmm. Emma, I probably would say I really try and make sure I put my phone away. And kind of, again, I know you said we not to go on to parenting, but again, I want to role model to my yeah. children as well, that I'm not just always looking at my phone Mm. it's very tempting because we have our work emails on here Mm. you know I've got the teams app so people can call me for work purposes etc and so I think for me being able to put that phone away and my children to be able to say oh hi you know I I actually have my mum's attention rather than I'm just looking at my my phone and I have had them tell me off and say why are you still looking at your phone Mm. mum yeah Maddie do you do you find yourself ever like kind of losing yourself in social media a bit i would say i'm actually quite um good at school Mm. like again just like the self-regulation i make sure i don't go on it too much and i interact with people around me because i prefer to do that like i like surround myself with people Mm. and i find something like an app like instagram very boring Mm. at school if it's just like people doing things and it's like i should i'm more concerned about people around me yeah my immediate surroundings Mm. but i would say I know we've moved past TikTok, but I wanted to highlight that I feel TikTok just has, it's got such a negative perception though within, I'd say like the parent community more Mm. so. And my parents are always like, why are you like wasting your time with TikTok? I think the app offers so much more than people really understand. Yeah, definitely. And I say there's just, it's not, oh, if you like say swimming, you're not going to, just see swimming videos i mean i like the app because there's so much more to it as in i see travel videos yeah again you said about the news um i also see inspiration for like cooking meals yeah or even just like self-help um and self-love like kind of um 
things you know there's like small yeah. quotes and like, I think there's just so much more to the app than people realize and that's what I wanted to like mm. highlight that as an I don't always feel like I'm wasting time on the app if like I can yeah. gain valuable and I think that's a good point isn't it <laughs> that actually it's about adults understanding what the app is yeah. and what the platform is and I suppose the people putting content on there a lot of them are probably a younger generation and actually understanding what it's being used for mm. I mean people are running businesses off it mm. you know there's all sorts of different things and we just we just need we to just, yeah, get we up with the times yeah we <laughs> yeah. just don't know because it's interesting because in my mind I thought it's just dance videos like I yeah. really didn't know you know when you said to me oh yeah I watched the news on that really yeah wow some people found out that Queen Elizabeth died on TikTok which really? I think is quite like mm. eye opening. Well, like I found out the wildfires and kind yeah, of exactly. on TikTok. Like it's just, mm. and then to move on even further, which is now sort of the parental side. Mm. This goes for you as well, Maddie. In your role at school, or like, no, yeah, your role at school. So HM head of online safety. What concerns you about social media? What is like? top of your concern because we've talked about the positives that you can contact you can be inspired you can be educated but obviously if we're having this conversation mm. there has to be some negative mm. so what what do you feel could be a concern for the not only just like the children but also like the wider community potentially um for me the first thing that sort of stands out really is is the opportunity for unkindness mm. um more so than anything and I think you mentioned before about having the confidence and that's the thing. There is the confidence to be unkind yeah. because people find it easier to do it where they're not speaking to somebody's face and they feel that actually it's a platform. If they, if they write something down that they can say something um, and that, and that's okay. It's as, as if it's sort of normalized or, or it's an okay platform to be able to do that. So that's, that's my sort of main concern and I think also with the sort of the raising endorphins and the excitability from being on a social platform your decision making at that time then isn't necessarily on par with your decision making when you're less excitable and I think mm. because of that that's when young people are maybe making the wrong decisions and doing the wrong things and not yeah. really thinking things through which is when the unkindness can happen and the online bullying can happen. Yeah. yeah. And I think leading on from that, just some of the facts that we get bombarded with as teachers in education, but as adults, you know, in the media, um, you know, the numbers of young people who are being bullied on social media, um, just kind of some facts, NSPCC online abuse, uh, facts and statistics state that one in eight young people are being bullied on social media that one in four children experience something upsetting on social networking sites and one in four young people have come across racist or hate messages online. And I think the evidence that we're gathering, um, so the Department of Health and Social Care have gathered that actually there's a lot of evidence now that's saying that children who are spending more than three hours using social networking websites in a school day are actually twice as likely to report high or very high schools for mental ill health. And I think that's that's where our concerns start mm -hmm. coming from, you know, that, that mm -hmm. unkindness, the me poor mental health. Um, and I think I'm always thinking about how do we educate? How do we make yeah. sure that young people are equipped? I think you have both been seem really sensible in what you're saying, but actually yeah. you're at the top of the school now. Yeah. And I suppose one of my mm -hmm. questions is what advice would you give to your third form self or even younger 
Mm. Especially when you first get a mobile phone, when you first start putting yourself on those social media platforms. Is there anything that you'd look back and go, oh gosh, actually, I did mess up a bit there or I I made myself vulnerable? So I I was going to say this after Maddie's Mm. comment because I'm sure that hers will fit into mine quite nicely, but... The permanence of it all is mm. so underrecognized. Like, yes, the permanence, if you say something racist or you bully someone, that's obviously going to affect you later in life. But also the mental health issues that come with being bullied mm. online, they're pretty permanent too. And I think that it really, obviously, your is it a di- digital footprint? Mm-hmm. That's prevalent. But the effects of that on others can also be really damaging. And I don't think people understand that enough. Um, especially now with like something like Snapchat, you think you send it and it's gone, mm. which obviously like with under 18 sending nude pictures, Snapchat was made for nudes. That was the whole point of it that you could pay to get it replayed. You could pay, pay to screenshot it so you could have nudes. Mm. So the whole point of Snapchat is that you send it and it's gone and then you'd never have to think about it again. But somewhere some like people can easily like a double photo yeah, yeah. Like, like people like there's people can be horrible and nasty and are happy to like be horrible and nasty mm. but as for my younger self like obviously there's a part of growing up like oh we get snapchat memories where things from five years ago show up and you just go oh my god i was so cringe but like it's <laughs> feels especially at, at our our level of education like I went to Eagle House, so I I have a lot of education about like digital well-being. Mm. So nothing that's come up has been like, oh my god, I can't believe I've done that. I'm this is really scary. It's more embarrassing, but I'm I'm more than sure that people will be reminded one day of something horrible that they have done. Mm. So mm. I think the permanence of it all is what Quite would scary. concern me. Yeah. Well, at the forefront of my mind, was, which was a bit different, was actually just how social media, you're able to see what everyone's doing all the time mm. and how mm. that, again, so affects your mental health in terms of, oh, do I feel like alienated from my friends? Am Snap I not? Maps. So it's, yeah. the, it's the whole like FOMO, which is fear of missing out mm. concept, which really struck me. Yeah, especially said that Snap Maps, you can see where someone is the whole time. The whole Instagram, time. Instagram, mm. stories, people can post where they are, who they're with. And it's like, again, that sense of, oh like is a friend like trouble with friendship groups or like yeah especially like in younger years i would say about third or fourth form this is probably where it's most prevalent but like group chats not being included into a group chat can like really really hurt someone but it doesn't seem like that big of a good deal to like the people who are inside the group Mm. chat because it's just their friend group Mm. but like especially if you're living in a house environment with them the exclusivity of that can be really damaging and i don't Mm. think people realize that enough even yeah, with no, a reminder like, yeah and you if, if you're in the group chat like you said you're you feel comfortable because you're with other people so you think oh it's fine and then yeah you don't realize the impacts and there is i think i've heard of there are there some apps where you have to be on it a lot in order to get kind of likes and not quite just likes but it, it was streaks kind of, that's yeah, streak, snapchat. Yeah, streak. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. it snapchat yeah. yeah and some people so you know now being down at eagle house hearing some of those young children actually they have that and they're getting their parents to make sure that they've got that online present because they can't bring a phone to school yeah i have so i remember remember being at your house and that happening and there's a lot of pressure isn't there on you to kind of keep up Mm. that that presence that you have Mm. um so it's not i mean it must be exhausting yeah (laughs) you've got to be 
there in reality and then your online presence as well and, and being yeah. portraying yourself in a certain way. Even just like an exam week, I didn't really go on like my phone. But then when I went back on, I felt bad to not reply to some people. Yeah, it's like these notifications. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. my obligation, yeah. but I felt like, oh gosh, like these people must think I'm ignoring them. And it's yeah. like, yeah. so yeah, exactly about the presence. It's like, yeah, overwhelming. And with self regulation, it's taken me a while to like cut down how many people I contact, which might seem like a bit mean, but like it's it can take a toll. Like I yeah. I do struggle with my mental health, and so thinking that I'm like a horrible person because I don't reply to these people that I wouldn't actually talk to in real life anyway. Um, that was quite damaging. So I, I took time to like whittle it down a bit. And it's kind of the, maturing as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely yeah. it's maturing. Because like definitely when you're younger, you think more friends, more popular, I'm a better person, something along those lines. But once you get a bit older, you understand it's the quality rather than yeah. quantity. And so I think it's it, just so true. Yeah, it took, like it just took me a while to realize I don't need to have 300 notifications a day in order mm, to be yeah. a, a person that people will like. Can I move back on to when you talked about um, being inclusive and being exclusive mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. the boarding environment? What I'm quite keen to know is mm-hmm. how do we manage that with girls of your age like how do we you know how do we get groups to in, you know yeah. include more people in on whatsapp groups how do what what can we do to so sort of really support i think that? Uh, so arthur from coming in i'm i'm taking a role as deputy head of house in cumbermere so i um we've had our hm the new third form came in to meet each other and you know get each other's contacts and stuff and my hm laid out straight if you have any group chats with just some of you, delete them now. You you are a house. You're coming together. There's 12 of you. Mm. Be 12 of you. It's only fair. It's right. As well as like, I'm, do you do like moving around every dorm, every half yeah. term? It's the same thing. Yeah. It's getting to know everyone and giving them all a chance. And th- she did the same thing with my current third form. Best friends. Not, we've not had a single issue with anyone being left out. And that is unheard of I've never experienced anything like that my year had issues the year below had issues the year below that had issues this third form was the first year that it got told to straight by a student actually rather than my HM yeah and they've more never impactful, so. they've yeah. ne- never had an issue oh that's interesting mm. to which hear. is really that's interesting really, to yeah. me mm. but yeah so the first thing that they heard from our HM apart from welcome was <laughs> delete the group chats have your one and your house and it's really it's really made a big difference but apart from that, I don't, I don't really know because it is such a complicated one. Because when you're joining in third form, which I think is where it really all starts, you you want to make as many friends as possible. And so if you're being a bit sneaky and you slide onto another group chat with someone else, you feel like, oh, I'm fitting in. I have friends. Mm. But I don't. You don't realize then and there that that could have a, an effect on other people who you're living with. These are 11 girls that you're going to be growing up with for five years during like some of the most prevalent times in your life. And so I think it's really important to like kind of just lay out the scene, tell them what's ha- what happens and tell them not to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know if yeah. you would have anything. I think just the same thing, making sure they all have a group chat with they all on. Yeah. Because um, that's as much as you can do. And then it's obviously really hard to regulate whether after mm. that they like bunch off into this. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like a leaks. Sp- there's also going to be like sport team chats as oh, well. So yeah. Like, I mean, it's quite difficult, like to, 
yeah, regulate those. But I think you said making a clear message mm-hmm. about that. And then, um, yeah, that's as much as you can do yeah. right now of it. Because- as well as, as an HM, like, obviously, I'm, I'm sure this goes without saying, but having trust with your students, just... And more that they trust you than you trust them, I guess. But knowing that they will be able to come to you and say, Mm. hey, I really am upset by this. I think that's what helps the most because I think that kind of helps the effects rather than the cause, which sometimes is what is needed. My old HM always used to say, like, you all have to be friendly, but you don't all have to be best friends. I feel like that's just inevitable. You're always going to get people who bunch together. They're more... um, like similar attributes and like interests um but as long as it doesn't become like just one person left out or something like that would yeah. just yeah as long as it's not cliquey it can mm-hmm. be like there can be like different like people who are closer together but again keeping that um friendly like mm-hmm. atmosphere yeah absolutely and then i'm gonna say finally but Although I feel like both of your roles in school are quite parental, like you are looking after children and like their futures and their well-being. Mm. As a parent, what scares you about <laughs> social media for your children? <laughs> it's an interesting because I've got, well, we've both got yeah. a son and a daughter. Yeah, um, <laughs> And I suppose what's interesting is, is kind of obviously you're both speaking from the, from the girl's perspective. Yeah. Um, and I, d- I don't know if this is more of an issue for girls than it is for boys. I mean, I've been in a house mistress of a girl's house as well. So I know and have been very aware of the issues um, with girls uh, on social media, kind of just the unkindness and, as you said, the exclusivity of things. Um, so, yeah, I think my fear is that they make mistakes which mm-hmm. we all make mistakes and that's yeah. absolutely yeah. okay but as you said the permanence of something that's yeah. out there um and that kind of it then says something about them um and really interestingly you know if you look at any employment now yeah. there are social media checks yeah. um and in my role in safeguarding you know there are people that will have the safe you know that that uh, check done and you know you have to have conversations with them into their 30s about do you realise that actually you said this 10 yeah. years ago, this is coming up in a check. We just need to have a conversation about this. Now yeah. that can be really embarrassing. <laughs> um, and actually I think that we mm. need to kind of just be aware that that is the way of the world. You mm. know, your social mm. media pre- presence, you are going to be judged on that. And unfortunately for some people, that will mean that they don't get certain jobs and roles. Um, so I think it's just, yeah, for, for me, it's about, my children and and others children kind of knowing kind of that permanence of what their online presence and just you know just as they how they behave in real life needs to be how they behave on online and I think that's the key thing at the moment you know more and more and as you know time goes on I think the online and the offline worlds are going to completely merge I mean I, I think we won't even see in our policies and this happens online I think it will just be this yeah. is just life. You yeah. know, online is part of life and, and mm. that is just how we are. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with everything you're saying there, Jess. Um, I've got a, a son who's 10 and a daughter who's seven. And it's quite interesting that my son is really into playing Roblox and playing games. Like 
all the time and yeah. we have to be really, really strict with him. Yeah. And and I daily have the conversations with him about, you know, if you're writing anything on the chat, just be mindful that any, you know, that could yeah. be permanent. And and he's only a 10-year-old boy, but I'm I'm just really aware that he, as Jess says, that they can make mistakes and, and the, the impact of that. Um, my daughter has no interest in um, going on any games or yeah. on screens. And I don't know whether that's it. I don't know if that's just her interest or or her age or, or gender or what, um, but she doesn't seem to have an interest and she'd rather um, play outside and yeah. do other things. So, mm. But I do, I am aware that it feels quite good at the moment with her, but I do think as she gets older, yeah. um, that's going to change. And that's a worry for me because I know then the impact that will have maybe on her own anxiety her own self-confidence how she feels about herself how she feels about the way she looks yeah all of those things I feel at the moment she's very she feels quite protected but mm. I I am really mindful of the impact then on body image because that's yeah. I know is one of the mm. you know one of the the downfalls of social media the impact mm. it has on your self-confidence and your own body image and it's that influence of peers isn't it yeah, you know, yeah. at the moment we have control of yeah you know, yeah who so, they who they are yeah. who they're spending time with <laughs> yeah. and then they grow up and actually they'll start making their own friends and yeah. there's that peer pressure to have an online oh, presence yeah. and to be involved. So this was something I'm going to say, yeah. I was going to say, is that Maddie and I, we were born, I would say about the same year. I don't, I don't actually know what you don't <laughs> say. <laughs> but um, uh, I didn't get a phone until I was 12 and I, it was Nokia. I only had the ability to call my parents and play Snake, which was absolutely yes. great. Brilliant. So yes. It's a great game. But um, so I, I, I grew up grateful for the fact I could contact but not kind of wanting more but I now that like technology has obviously advanced so much you can see why seven and eight year olds are like begging their parents for a tablet or a phone and I think that's where it could get quite dangerous by the fact that an eight-year-old making decisions that could affect them at like I don't know, 30, something ridiculous that like that. Wrong, it just, feels mm. wrong. Because they shouldn't have that responsibility put on them. But yeah. at the same time, if they are, have access to social media, they have that responsibility. And I guess a little bit of the parents, but it's not the parents who are going to be like taking on the consequences years later. So I think, I think the ease of access is what's quite scary as it like leads mm. to everything else mm. but yeah we um purposely we actually have my son's only able to use his computer in the middle of the living room so we can see the screen yeah. and it's a desktop um just just enabling that support i suppose around him mm. and also to monitor i can tell when he's been on there too long because he comes quite annoyed and quite yeah. angry and quite agitated and mm. we'll just go right Right, we're turning That's it off it, now. Yeah. Um, and it's, but it's very difficult. And, you know, we are, I'm very scared of as they get older. Mm. Like we can't, you know, we can't micromanage our children. No. They have to make and make those decisions themselves and, and they need to take responsibility. But uh, as much education as possible around all of this and the downfalls, but also the positives, you know, I, mm. I am aware that, you know, especially with the LGBTQ plus yeah. community, they, you know, having been able to use an online presence to actually as a support mechanism has been massive. And there's a lot of research behind mm. that. 
that it's actually an opportunity for people to feel more comfortable about coming out. Mm. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it, we are aware there are these amazing positives, but um, the downfalls are, are really scary. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and my actual last question, I know I've already said finally. <laughs> it's okay. Is Maddie, do you kind of appreciate the way that you've been educated about social media in general whether that's your parents whether that's like or school education because I, I feel quite grateful for the way that I've been brought up on it but I understand that like some people won't no no definitely so similar to you I was not that I, only, I didn't have a phone till year seven yeah. and again purpose being full contact yeah. after school so I could get picked up yeah um and but I'm grateful for the education, like the digital digital education mm-hmm. I've had surrounding like safeguarding, yeah. how to how to like be safe online. Um like you say, it's permanency, yeah. it's advantages and the benefits, yeah. but also the dangers of it. So I feel like both from school, like a school point of view, yeah. Parents, I'm lucky to also have three older siblings. So That's I feel like a I've good been one. yeah. Like I might I know um that like I've uh, heard stories from them but other, their friends who've like yeah. had problems online and things so mm. well, and I've had like big repercussions which also like have kind of instilled a bit of fear in me yeah. <laughs> just and like but taught me in a, like a good way but like yeah. as in there can be consequences to your online actions yeah, definitely not, yeah so I'm really grateful for the education that I've received yeah um and I feel like I can use my phone in a really safe way yeah. and mm. And yeah. What advice would you give to parents about this? Mm. You know, obviously your parents really made a decision question. about, <laughs> you know, not giving you a phone mm. until a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what advice would you give to any parent? I would say just to a parent, be open. Because like we said, it's the phones, they're quite, they're a new concept. I mean, and it's scary to us as well how fast technology is growing yeah. how different they're becoming AI, the, the new like phone that. that you can like see on I don't know there's like a new phone you can see on, <laughs> with glasses on oh. um but I would say just I know children can be quite unreasonable sometimes and just <laughs> but like listen to what they have to say again like what I was saying about TikTok there's so much more to it than people um know and I think again like just if your parents are open to listen to you talk about oh why you need to use social media for the extra 10 minutes um, that would be just really beneficial to both of you because I think also it, it's such an unnecessary um, cause for arguments half mm. the time. So I think both sides just trying to meet each other in the middle because yeah. it, yeah, that's what I would, I would say. I would say, because this is how my parents trade me with social media, is follow the rules and reg- regulations that the social media provides. So I wasn't allowed any social media until the social media said I could. So Instagram yeah. 13, Snapchat 13. Okay. Because good to hear. a lot yeah. of the time they they know what they're saying. They know the repercussions of their like technology and their like m- performance and marketing. Mm. So I, I the fact that I had to wait for it also like made it a little bit nicer when I did get it. But it also it was kind of the fear instilled of me that I was doing something illegal definitely did help <laughs> me not want to go on it. Absolutely. And, and I think it's also just making parents aware that actually there are parental controls. Oh, yeah. yeah. On TikTok, yeah. et cetera. And actually time. just being proactive and actually checking yeah. what those are. Yeah. Finding out about them and actually absolutely. having yeah. some education. But I think you're absolutely right, yeah. Maddie. I think it's about 
having those conversations yeah yeah open up rather mm-hmm. than okay so tell me you want to have a phone tell me why you want a phone yeah. you know, yeah. let's just start a conversation yeah. and keep checking in with what they are using yeah. you know, having those conversations around their social media use and their social media presence mm-hmm. definitely and can i just sort of ask you sort of add on here you know with our school regulations at the moment where the third forms can't have the phones during the day and then (laughs) but then you can have them then at full form like what's your feeling about that like honestly like do you think that's like the right way to go do you think it should be later yeah i think third form not having their phones is actually really nice yeah because it is especially because our third form we, we were heavily affected by covid so um the fact that we got that time that we did in school with our peers with no phones where you could purely just socialize mm. completely like i guess improved our covid experience because like you weren't talking to someone online that you had basically didn't know mm. you had you had had that chance to meet people experience what they were like in real life and then with that information i guess go forward during covid but i think third form no phones is really good full form I think maybe, oh, maybe I think it's okay. I think it'd be really it'd be a tough battle yeah. to implement new rules now about it. Yeah, I personally think there should be more rules about phones and lessons. Okay. But mm-hmm. yeah, because I have a very short more. attention span, so I'm <laughs> very keen to go on my phone at all times because I know I can flick through things very quickly and be stimulated. But that's like that's a me thing and like I have to self-regulate that by leaving my phone in house and stuff. But I don't always because sometimes I need it for after. Yeah. So I think rules about phones and lessons should be thought about. I don't know if, if it should be a case by case thing, but like I definitely need a little Just bit. Just like lessons and prep times, but yeah. other than that, like I think from four form onwards, it's okay. Yeah. And then obviously four for fifth form handing at night is yeah um, a really good thing. Yeah, so oh, definitely. You need your yeah. sleep for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, nice to hear. thank you, <laughs> thank you, girls. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you it's for being so honest with us. Yeah, of course, really. Yeah, it's really, really great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.